Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Tooele Happy Hour podcast starring Jared Anderson and David Weiss. If Head Trauma had a podcast, this is what it would sound like. Jared, why are we here today on this glorious Sunday? Yeah. um, So yesterday, it would have been for our time, it would have been almost two days ago, but yesterday um, on the 7th, Hamas did a huge incursion into uh, Israel, just kind of out of the blue. Well, I don't know. Definitely out of the blue, but they uh, they used uh, construction equipment, you know, front-end loaders and bulldozers and tore down fences and then just charged across, drove vehicles across. Um, there were some incursions by boat. Uh, and... My favorite is the uh, hang glider guys. Paraglider. Yeah. The, Paraglider. We'll call them Hamas Airborne. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they invaded Israel. Their reasoning was, is Israel was practicing too close to um, the Dome of the Rock or the al Mosque or whatever it is. I'm, I must apologize if I get this wrong. But... Anyway, so it, everywhere's been inundated with it. If you haven't heard about it, then consider yourself lucky to be away from any media. But it is, it's popping off over there. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It'd be an interesting historic study to look at. Um, it seems that, that the uh, Muslims invade Israel uh, at the end of an Israeli at the end or the beginning around an Israeli holiday uh, or a Jewish holiday so you got the Yom Kippur war um, all that they seem to do that and they seem to do it when the United States is busy somewhere else well that would make sense I mean we uh I mean, I think a lot of our high-up government officials are Israeli. Um, I think Janet Yellen is a, like an Israeli passport holder, and there's probably quite a few of them. I mean, we're very close to Israel, if, if not intermingled as well, a government. Israel's... The, it, yes, we are a co-signer and underwriter of Israel, but Israel operates a little different than every other nation where... If you are Jewish, you can become an Israeli citizen without any, you know, heartburn. You don't have to really have hard applications because Israel was built as a Zionist movement to protect the Jewish population who had historically been, at the very least, held out of common society and at the very worst, um, uh, kind of hunted you know you mm. yeah i mean we don't have to go into world war ii but we can talk about oh before that yeah, i mean they've had a long streak at making friends you had all the pogroms of uh of russia and that was in Tsarist russia before world war one and then there was one planned by stalin and then um and then hitler and stalin made a pact to invade poland and so they didn't uh carry that out they were otherwise occupied 
Yeah. Right after that, Hitler invaded. I mean, even Shakespeare had plays about how much people loved Jews. Yeah, they were left out. But if you want to go into weird psychology and history or evolution or whatever, um, the Jewish people, I shouldn't say the Jewish people, well, the Rothschilds, they gained their prominence because of their, um, because of them being, un, because of the laws that disallowed Christians from practicing usury and because the lack of property rights for Jewish people made it so that the Rothschilds went into money changing, which was, you know, if you were going from Liechtenstein to, uh, I don't know, wherever to, 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 uh, another German or to France, the, the money changing couldn't be done by Christians because there was a fee to it and that was considered usury. So the Jewish people kind of took over that market or particularly the, the Red Shield family, which they're called that because the house they lived in, the house they come from, it was like a communal house had a big red shield above the door. And so they just took on the moniker of the red shields. Yeah, well, that sounds lovely. The Rothschilds. Well, I, I mean, I can go back even more modern times. I used a Jewish moving company to come out to Utah from New York, and I still have nightmares about it. Uh, I can see why <laughs> their business practices make lots of friends. Well, I wouldn't call that universal amongst Jewish people. I'm sure that, you know, you probably had a bad deal. But it's just that that particular sense where they weren't allowed property rights, so they couldn't even farm. They weren't allowed property rights, so they couldn't go into agriculture. They couldn't go into any industry, so they had to work this. Today's modern-day equivalent would be a check-cashing store where you're kind of working... Legitimate, but really close to the shadow. Right. They had to be uh, number orientated. They had to figure out ways to. Well, that's all there was. Yeah. That's that's Uh why a lot of them historically went into um, philosophy, went into law or legalism, went into, uh, you know, certain jobs like that. A lot of them went into the medical field because you didn't have to own property because that was one particular thing that they were kept out of was owning property. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reasons why we don't need to go into that, it, I'm sure there's an abundance of reasons why. But anyways, so that's why, you know, you see a lot of people like that. But we're talking about Israel today. You know. And Israel is probably one of the most militarily badass countries for its population density. Well, it was, it was born in, in strife. Like, born in serious strife not like the u.s was kind of born in strife but it was born with a war in its borders but not everyone was under threat um israel kicks off in uh, the notion of zionism kicks off in the mid to late 1800s they start looking around for areas that they can prop up um israel selected world one world war one kicks off uh, Lawrence of Arabia goes down, makes a deal with the Arabs that the deal was dishonored by England. Instead, you had the Balfour Declaration, which gave a, a certain amount of 
Palestine to Jews to set up a homeland, a safe place. Uh, they went down there, and um, then you had 1929, you had a uh, kind of a riot of the Arabs that lived down there, bloody massacre, happened again in 19, I think, 35, whatever, about the time Hitler got in. Uh, the guy who led the riot, I forget his name off the top of my head, but he was a major Hitler sycophant, you know, loved the guy. Yeah, the Arabs were, were, there was a lot of Arabs countries that, that sided well, with the Well, this Nazis. was, yes, there were, but this is kind of before that. This is kind of a, a revolution in country because Great Britain uh, kept the Israel after World War One As a colony. Yes, yes. kept it and and held on to it. So it was kind of an uprising. So the Arabs would uprise. And, and it was crazy that the Jewish people were most of your white-collar jobs and the Arabs around your blue-collar jobs, which kind of makes sense when you have a population that has the, the financial ability to move down there. They would have more money and more education to obtain those jobs. I mean, just... It's there's not a big conspiracy there. Well, not only that, but I mean, Jews have a much higher IQ on average than Arabs. Even if they didn't, even if all things the same there, if you have an incoming population that has the money, the the financial wherewithal to make it there, mm-hmm. that means they're already on a on a higher level financially. You know, well, I, I would say finances and IQ go hand in hand, uh, and, and that is that is true. That think is, of it this way: the the um, the the priestly version for the Jewish uh, culture is called a rabbi, right? Mm-hmm. So rabbis could marry, um, and and Catholic priests, I don't think they could. They were they were bound to be celibate. No, they stopped doing that, I think, in God, it was like the thirteen hundreds. But still, I mean, when you're allowed to marry the best of the best of your of your clan as as a priestly uh, rabbi, you can you can probably increase uh, your local cultural IQ. But if the best of the best become priests and stay celibate, then you're losing you're losing IQ points on the on the breeding pond. Well, th- we're talking in the initial uprising. Well, the initial was actually right around World War One, but right after. But we're talking less than a generation out. So breeding has no effect. But throughout the ages, why are they the white-collar class and the Arabs the blue-collar class? Is because they've had to adopt to numbers. They've had to adapt to language as their skill sets. Well, not just that. They've had to, they've had to take on jobs that didn't require property holdings. And that takes a little bit of uh, crafty cleverness. You have to be smart to do something like that and actually make money at it. You do. You have to have the intelligence to do it, but they were forced into it by the Christians and the Muslims, by the way. Mm -hmm. The Muslims had, the Muslims to this day have laws that ban usury where the Christians have given up those laws. But anyways, so... You go on, fast forward, Hamana Hamana, uh, a couple times in the 1900s, um, Arab countries tried to build a coalition to invade them, 
and fell flat on their face. Well, not only that, there were five countries attacking uh-huh. Israel after Israel attacked uh, Great Britain to gain its independence. Well, yes, we're talking a ways after, though. We're talking like seven years after, six years after. Oh, six years is quick. But Israel, Israel had the, the first manufacture not israel i should say the israelis had the first manufactured for purpose car bomb so they innovated a lot of stuff but yes they blew up the king david hotel um there was a lot of stuff i don't want to pinpoint that but this long conversation was just to talk about how Muslim countries gathered up and invaded Israel. And every time they did, Israel got bigger because they were born in strife. They were born, everyone, everyone serves in the military. Everyone, man, woman, you know, the dogs probably have some kind of conscription. Do they have a second amendment in Israel? Israel does not have a prevalence of gun ownership. And I would argue yesterday would have looked much different had they and i would argue israel should take a look at um maybe going with the the uh the swiss model Hmm. you know you join the military and when you're done that weapon that was issued to you in the military is your weapon yeah and and back where i'm from in new york the the jews were trying to take my weapons away too I don't get it. It wasn't just them. It, New York is just a city thing. Oh, okay. It's, it's urban versus rural. It's independent-minded people versus socially-minded people. And when you're urban, you're going to be socially-minded because social is the waters you swim in. Well, they didn't like guns back where I'm from. And, they don't. They don't. And like those them. that are in charge in New York City, I mean, they do orientate nope. towards that religion. No, no city likes guns. Good. Good thing I don't live in a city then. How yeah. about that? You're about to move to one. Nah, it's not a big city. Okay, but anyways. <laughs> so, anyway, so we go through. Um, so Hamas. God, it, it's insane. So the numbers that they've killed so far. Well, wait, Jared, let's go back into that history lesson. So we have five Arab countries attacking Israel. Yeah. It did not go good for the Arab no, countries. They lost. Not. Syria lost uh, Golan Heights. Gaza Strip got locked down. Um, I think Egypt would have had a big loss had Egypt had a bigger border. Uh, yeah, it did not go well for them. So historically, when one empire versus another go to war and one is vanquished and defeated, what does the victorious empire usually do to the defeated empire? It depends which empire you got. They either enslave them or call them or whatever. But anyways. um, But what did the Jews do to the Palestinians? Well. Did they enslave them? No, they, they didn't. Did they take them and ship them out into foreign colonies? Did they put them in salt mines? Did no, they, no, they... Did they execute them all? They were... They gave them... Yes, they had a second-class citizenship. So, But it wasn't until two, 2007 that the Gaza Strip got 
kind of locked down and embargoed because of the same thing, which I would argue Hamas lives within the Palestinian populace and Hamas wants to kill uh, the Jewish population because of religious edicts. And so Hamas, because of their religious and emotional drives, are willing to um, to commit atrocities and have atrocities committed on the general population uh, where it's sad. Every time this happens, Israel has to respond. Have to respond. They can't just let roll over because they will cease to exist. But so when Israel responds, the rest of the world cries out, but what should Israel do? You know? Well, what should Israel have done in the past? I mean, they've let them live on their border for all these years, even after the war. So they're kind of responsible for this in their own way, from my perspective. Would you let a tiger live next to the <laughs> to the property where your kids live? You know, I mean, it's like... <sighs> it's not a one-to-one comparison you make there. Um, I'm going to throw up a map of Israel on top of our faces right now so that some people can see what we're talking about. Get it zoomed in and scuffled up. Again, no preparation went into this, but you guys have come to expect such professionalism from me and Dave. Okay, so for those of you watching, you've got a, a, a map of Israel. Now, Israel, of course, is a huge crossroads um, historically. It's your crossroads into Africa. It's your crossroads into Asia. And it's your crossroads into where Europe and Asia meet. And also a big touch for the Mediterranean Sea. Historically, many wealthy mercantile empires were born here. They may have moved, but they were born here. So if you're looking at the map, you got the Golan Heights. Up there in the bottom of Syria, that's up in the northeast of Israel. And that was territory taken from Syria during yeah, that's, the, uh, the war. Syria planted artillery up there and Israel uh, took it and kept it. And they weren't giving it back. They kept it because it is an area that artillery in the 60s could fire down on Jerusalem and Tel Aviv from. So they kept it. And, and I, I don't think that's an... A, like a, a crazy notion that okay so some country attacks another country and the victorious country keeps a little land from that war I, and still you know I'll, I'll stay it to this day the Syrians are crying about the Golan Heights oh my god they took it could you imagine that I mean I think the Arabs are, are kind of out of their mind thinking that the Jewish community is incorrect well, if you want we can go into why the, why the Arabs are not uh, effective militaries. Well, no, it, it's not a matter of whether you're effective or not. It's a matter of what winning and losing. No, it's a matter of being effective. And they're not effective because of their um, political system. 
I, I can agree with that. Because of their cutthroat monarchy that maintains all control, um, a captain won't tell a lieutenant what the plan is because the captain is afraid the lieutenant will be able to go around him and deface him. And a major won't tell a captain and a colonel won't tell a major so they don't have a cohesive unit. Hmm. So that way... They go. They show up to the party. The captain is the only one who knows what's going down. He gets smoked. The unit stops. And that's why they lose. Hopefully I'm not giving them any ideas. But <laughs> liberalization of your politics and, your, and your, at least your chain of command in the military makes a very effective military. It's been proven every time it's been tested. And I would argue that times when the U.S. have gone up against further disassociated militaries, we've had a hard time. So, just throwing that out there. So, anyway, so if you look down, you got the Mediterranean Sea. That's there in the northwest of the map. That's the top left for you uh, non-compass readers, right? And then you've got that little part that butts up against Egypt, which is in the southwest. That is the Gaza Strip. It is the highest density population area on Earth, apparently. So I'm told. Never been there. 2007, that gets walled off because of all the uh, attacks that were coming across into Israel. Um, anyways, that's where the attack was centered uh, yesterday. Come from the Gaza Strip. They've taken over. I should go and start reading off to you guys because to make sure I'm fresh uh, let me get this off of here real quick so if I go and read the news clips and the numbers keep rising and rising uh, they've, they've killed over uh, okay uh, October 7 6.30am in Israel we're reading off of ABC today Air raid sirens began sounding in Jerusalem around 6.30 a.m. local time, warning citizens of the attack in progress and to immediately take cover. An estimated 2,200 rockets were fired towards southern and central Israel, including Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, by the Hamas militants, according to the Israeli Defense Forces. Meanwhile, Hamas claimed at least 5,000 rockets were fired all landing in southern and central Israel. Now, the Iron Dome, so many were fired, it, it beat the Iron Dome. The Iron Dome kind of just got overwhelmed, glitched out. Um, heck, we may as well just throw this up on screen. Let everyone watch along, and then we'll go, we will go through comments. Just give us a, a uno momento, por favor. Okay. All right. One missile slammed into a hospital in the Israeli coastal town of Ashkelon, Israeli officials said. Armed Hamas militants, many on motorcycles, stormed storm blockaded areas of the Gaza Strip, shooting at Jewish settlers in the Gaza Strip. So the Gaza Strip, and this is where you hear about the settlements, some Jewish settlers have moved across that border and set up little villages in the Gaza Strip, and, and 
And I think they do push the Arabs out of the territory when they do that. Or they find a place that's unoccupied. However, that, I agree with, shouldn't be done. We should come up with a demarcation line where we say a time and a line. Like, here's the line. You guys behave on this line in a time. We're going to go back to 19 whenever. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone everyone pro-Palestinian will say, you know, (laughs) 1910 and everyone pro Jerusalem will say, you know, 1921, but you know, pick a time and say, all right, let's behave, let's normalize, whatever. But the Israelis don't do that, they do take advantage of the fact that these are second class citizens of their territories. I wouldn't say Israel as a nation does because Netanyahu, um, he he kicked the Israeli settlements out. Mm-hmm. Like he made them go back across the border. He went and had them uh, torn apart or whatever. So but the culture is to kind not of not the culture. It's just disrespect specific them. people that mm-hmm. probably want to break out, want to you know make it on their own. And I understand that drive, but you can't violate other people's property rights uh, to do that without it, repercussions. Is there property rights? That they're violating, that's up in the air. I mean, it's probably circumstance by circumstance. Apparently there were some, I don't know, hundreds of settlements that were pushed out and built. Mm -hmm. And they are an occupied people from a lost war. And, I mean, again, I I hate to say, sound like a a, a Roman general or something. but They're an occupied people from all the lost wars. Though the Palestinians showed up and fought for the Brits in, uh, in... in World War um, One, pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the whole Lawrence of Arabia bit. Anyways, so one of its first public messages, the IDF said Saturday morning, over the past hour, the Hamas terrorist organization launched massive barrages of rockets from Gaza, Gaza into Israel, and its terrorist operatives have infiltrated into Israel in a number of different locations in the south. Mohammed Deef, commander-in-chief of the Hamas military arm Al-Qassam Brigades, released a video statement claiming responsibility for the attack. The Zionist colonial occupation per our Palestinian homeland and displaced our people. Destroyed our towns and villages, committed hundreds of massacres against our people, killing children, women, and elderly people, and demolishing homes with their inhabitants inside in violation of all international norms, laws, and human rights conventions. So that's what he said in his statement. And, and you know, I don't dispute the fact that Israelis probably abused the heck out of the Palestinians. But, I mean, you know, they did fight a war against Israel with five other uh, countries and they lost. And I don't know what occupied people are expecting their lives to look like. I mean, you you think about the Carthaginians versus the Romans. I mean, they were occupied by the Romans and and they suffered great, great uh, humilities under Roman occupation. I think probably in Israel, the Palestinian occupation isn't nearly as bad as historical occupations. Um, no, of course, if you are a history person, the Palestinians and the Carthaginians are the same people. 
But, um, okay, when the Arabs invaded Israel in 65, the Palestinians weren't really a part of that. <laughs> Might have been a little bit, but they weren't uh, internationally recognized. They, they've never been a nation state, so they've always kind of been puppets of someone else. So, I don't know. I uh, Talk about a complicated affair there. <sighs> Okay, so the Israeli government has confirmed that a number of civilians and soldiers have been taken hostage. At least a hundred Israeli citizens and soldiers are being held hostage by Hamas fighters. Israel's government press office said Sunday. Now, I have seen some videos. I, for obvious reasons, I'm not going to play them here because we'd get shut down real quick. But there has been. Uh, brutal, brutal stuff. Someone sent me a video of a lady that was taken hostage, made a war bride uh, by multiple men. Now, that part they didn't show on video. They just showed the aftermath, and then they beat her to death. Um, this is a brutal, savage group of people. And so that leader of that brigade... He complains about them killing Palestinians, but I imagine when this is all said and done, he's gonna he's gonna make that for real. I think Israel is going to they're amassing right now for ground force invasion. They've been airstriking and artillery striking um, for the last you know day. Mm -hmm. They took down, I mean, you, you can watch videos of high rises in Palestine falling, just being dropped. Yeah, they say it's targeting Hamas headquarters and Hamas support areas, and that is true. But I imagine those high rises aren't only Hamas. And I'm not defending Palestine, and I'm not um, telling Israel they're doing wrong. But I am saying... That when the numbers come out of this, um, the numbers are going to skew. Right now, reported there are some three, four hundred uh, Palestinians dead and over 500 Israelis dead. I think those numbers are going to quickly converge and then flip. I, I would be shocked if Israel left Palestine even existing. I mean, like I said, would you want a tiger living next door to the place where you house your children? And if the tiger ever does eat one of your children because you never did anything about the tiger being there, shame on you. And that's the way I feel about this conflict. It's been going on as long as I've been alive. I've only known this conflict to exist. It's been going exist. on longer than our parents have been alive. So, well, I'm just talking about the Palestinian strip of, of hostility towards Israel or, or the oppression mm -hmm. of Israel against Palestine. Really, at, in the end, I mean, if you're going to play a soccer game, uh, you can't stay zero to zero forever. Someone's got to win. And unfortunately, in, in war-type situations like this, I really don't see any way that one side or the other can coexist uh, mutually with the other side. That one side has to destroy the other side. There's no way around it. Otherwise, this conflict will exist forever. And I think 
I don't ever, I really don't want to see it in the news anymore. So whether it's Palestine or Israel, I just, I just want the conflict to be over myself personally. And, and I want it to be done. Maybe that's a, a bad thought, but you know, in the end, a, a winning war allows for peace and, and, uh, commerce to occur in an area. If you have eternal conflict, you'll just, you're, you're creating destruction for eternally eternity. If you have a victory, at least one side can say, I won, vanquish the other, and then commerce and peace can possibly happen. I don't know. Maybe my perspective skewed, but that's, that's just how it's always looked from my point of view. Yeah. Christopher says Hamas claims Israel has been killing their people for the last year. Hamas claims they are tired of being enslaved and is now fighting back. My question is this. Where did the Hamas get 2,500 rockets? According to them, 5,000 rockets. Why is a war happening now? And this will more likely involve the U.S. forces at some point in time. Um you think it has anything to do with the money that Biden released recently? I don't know. I don't know. There is uh, definitely thoughts of ties to Iran. Oh, yes. There's got to be. So, um, and Iran and Hamas have worked closely together for a long time. Now, they had the Abraham Accords, which was with um, Saudi Arabia. I don't know if we'll see U.S. forces involved, but... How wild would it be if Saudi Arabia forces came in to kill Sunnis, because they're Shia, came in to kill Sunnis on behalf of the Jews? I think that would that would be a wild... Well, hold on. I think you got that backwards. The Iranians are... Oh, yeah. Shia. 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 And the... The yeah, Saudi Arabias are, are Sunnis. Sunnis. But come in to kill Shia... On behalf of the Jews, imagine the rift that would cause in international Muslim affairs. Yeah, I, I just don't see that happening. I don't think the Saudis really appreciate the 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 wonderful Jewish culture living next to them. I I, I think they tolerate them because we're somewhere in the middle, keeping the peace. Maybe I don't know. The same. But with you Jordan. know who they tolerate less than Israel? And who's that? Iran. Iran has been their commercial competitor, well, for the last hundred years. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll be honest. And I, that split is down Sunni and Shia. That's a good question. I don't know who who <laughs> it, who do you hate more, the Shia, the Shia or the, the the Jews from Saudi Arabia's perspective? That, isn't it kind of wild when you think about it? Soon after we made our deal with Saudi Arabia for the oil, Iran is all of a sudden our bad guy. Iran, uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt's uh, grandson is sent over to Iran to uh, foment a revolution. Well, that was well, a little bit before that deal was made, but it's pretty interesting when you think about it, when you tie these timelines together. It's interesting thoughts, but 
But today it's 2023. Right now, Palestinians have attacked the the Jewish country of Israel, and now I think they're about to get their ass kicked. I I think we're going to see uh, a pretty well. We've already seen a brutal response. Um, Israel is a very competent military. Of course, there's a lot of people that are coming out. A lot of Israelis are coming out saying, why didn't the IDF notice this? And that's where Chris asks, where did Hamas get 2,500 rockets? It could be, you know, homemade rockets, but where'd they get the materials, you know? Was there blockade runners that delivered stuff? Or what did they do? Was it hidden in other cargo? I think it's going to further lock down Palestine at the very least. We're going to see Palestinians really kind of up against the wall as far as standard of living soon. Um, and the sad thing was, is Hamas was elected, kind of, <laughs> kind of elected. I mean, as close to an election as you can get in Palestine. But uh, I, I just don't have any confidence in any election anymore after, <laughs> after 2020. Um, I would like to, uh, I think that, I mean, ideally, the ideal thing that Palestine could do would be to, um, I, this is just me spitballing, would be to have their young men uh, gather up, overrun Hamas, uh, deal with them however they're going, whether it's turn it over to Israel or maybe go a little more biblical on it. And then use that to sue Israel for peace and acceptance and say, hey, can we be a state? Can we be a, a province? You know, can we become citizens as a whole in a state? Can we apply for that? What do we have to do to apply for that? And argue and try to join with Israel or... I mean, it'd be a tough one. I don't know how you get Israel to let him join with Egypt or try to join with Egypt. I don't even think Egypt wants them, though. Egypt does not want them. The, the border on the, the southern border of the Gaza Strip is not manned by Israelis. I'm just going to say that. It's manned by Egyptians. The, the Palestinians have has not been a very popular people since the times of Rome. But that's just me personally. If I were Israelite, I I round up the survivors after I'm done with what I'm going to do, and then ship them off to Iran. I think Iran would take them. They're always looking for warm bodies to join their military. But I don't think there'll be many people left after this. I think they're going to massacre the uh, Palestinians, and and if they don't, then I don't know. They're just going to get this again. Maybe. I don't know. If I was Palestinian, Palestine, that's what I would try to do. I'd try to get a, a, an honest government involved that's not a militant government. Um, I would advise Palestinians to learn how to take prisoners correctly and treat them uh, according to, you know, 2023. Those, those videos that I was sent were brutal. I mean, I could almost have feelings. I imagine for Egyptian the, soldiers aren't going to be much better. Uh, 
I, I, I just, I'm, I'm appalled by, by what they've done to, like, just grabbing women off the streets, raping them, and then shooting them. It does not do any help for their, for their cause. And when I was in Afghanistan, we didn't do things like that to our prisoners. In fact, I remember I got two MREs a day and the prisoners got three. And that, <laughs> that's how America takes prisoners. Mm-hmm. We actually, you know, once, once you have surrendered to us, we respect that. Sure, maybe once in a while we'll put you in a pyramid formation naked on top of each other in a prison in Iran. Yeah, that's only if the officers get too comfortable and quit paying attention to their sergeants and specialists. But even that's not nearly as bad as what these Palestinians are doing to their captives. We, I, I can't, I don't even think I could ever conceive of Americans doing that well, to our captives. The IDF Modern reported line. that overnight, they, overnight here, it was early in the morning there, um, they rescued 50 hostages. And uh, I'm telling you, you know, you, we have different intelligence agencies around the world, you know, um, you can go listen to interviews with ex-CIA guys talking about this. And the Chinese has an intelligence agency that is a, an intel gathering and, and agency like that. They're not really a kinetic agency. And then you got the CIA, which is probably, honestly, a, a middle-of-the-road excellent kinetic agency. And then you've got, like... A, uh, Russia's, it used to be the KGB when it was Soviet. Um, and they were a good mixed agency that could gather intel and go kinetic. But the Mossad is next level to all those when it comes to deploying violence with, uh, with speed and surprise. And, uh, man, you know, and you've got, you've got the Palestinians, the Hamasians, Hamas soldiers, they are live streaming their deeds and thinking that they're not going to get nabbed. And I promise you, I promise you, Israel's picking apart your Facebook lives. They're picking apart your TikTok lives, whatever you're streaming it on. Um, and they're finding you. They're figuring out where you are. But hopefully... Hopefully a solution can be found that it doesn't uh, decrease the population of the human race drastically. But I don't know. I don't know. It does feel like we're living in a different time uh, around the whole world. It feels like we're living. I, I wish I could know what it was like in, you know, in 1910, you know, with the Balkans kind of firing up and getting spicy like that. Did it feel like this where every day there was seemed to be a new crazy story coming out? Some stories crazier than others, you know. Russia invades Ukraine. That's as crazy as it gets. China threatens um, Taiwan. Taiwan. That's crazy. Uh, China gunning down Vietnamese fishing trawlers. Um Maybe it's just that our media is worldwide now, and if that wasn't the case, we wouldn't notice it. You know, it's made the world a lot smaller. I'm sure if you lived in in Austria, you heard about all the news that was coming out of uh, the Balkans, you know, the Black Hand and the Hungarian Revolution and 
all that stuff. But it seems kind of wild. It seems like, and I hope I'm not being prophetic here, but it seems like we're on the cusp of something new. Of, of, and this war we won't recognize like every other. We won't recognize how it's fought, what it's fought with. There's been whispers of it right now. Uh, the Japo, uh, the, the Japanese Russo War had whispers of what World War I was going to look like. Um, and, it, you know, but it wasn't exactly the same. But, you know, like we're going to see a lot of drone warfare and we're going to see um, economic warfare on next level and we're going to see, uh, you know, something different. And World War I toppled the world as we knew it. It toppled the whole world. All the, you know, uh, like all but two, uh, all but three European monarchies were displaced. Um, it changed America forever. It changed us from a, uh, a state that kept out of your business wholeheartedly to a state that started to encroach and started to feel like it was uh, liable to it. Took Europe from a place where. You didn't have, a pa have to have a passport to go to another nation to visit. You could take a day trip from France into Germany on a whim. You didn't have to plan for it to a place where every border is restricted and, and withheld, you know. I remember not having to have a passport to go into Canada. I could just use my driver's yeah. license. And, and it's changed. It's changed to where nations are what counts and... Uh, people are just their fodder. And, it, and it, you know, in my personal opinion, our governments feel like they've become predatory. Um, you know, they've always been a parasite, but they feel like they've become predatory now. So during, during the attack, so for all the, the Brazilians out there, there is a DJ. His name is Alok. He's very famous in Brazil. And his father was over in Israel for a peace con uh, concert. And he held a concert for this celebration. And uh, afterwards, he uh, he's now stuck in Israel. And uh, a lot of the concert goers were in festivity while, while these uh, invaders were attacking Israel. And... A lot of them were uh, captured, and uh, they were they were seen and identified in pictures in the back of trucks because of tattoos that people were familiar with from certain Instagram type models or whatnot. Were they still alive or no? Their bodies were piled on top of each other. Really? Dead. So, so there, Hamas is making friends all over the world because that one video of that girl that was. Um, brutalized and murdered she was german she was just down there visiting you yeah know? she was attending the uh the peace con uh peace concert so this is uh good job hamas i'm sure this is gonna work out well for you guys in the end yeah um, and and i'll be honest i mean i was kind of used i used to be kind of sympathetic for the occupation of hamas i mean i felt bad for them because it was generations ago that they lost that war against Israel or whatever and now they're just occupied peoples but now 
I'll be honest. I mean, these are the people, these are the tactics that you support. And it goes against everything I believe as, as a warrior for my country. And uh, I really have no sympathy if Israel wipes you off the face of the planet now. It's getting that way. I just want to throw out there, um, Palestine, you've got to run those terrorists out of your government organizations. You've got to run them out. Uh, it, it, you know, Palestine would be better off shopping for Israeli lawyers to become parts of their government. Find Israeli lawyers and say, hey, we would like to elect you. We're going to, we want to put together a, a kind of a constitution, whatever. And we want you guys to be in charge of us to make us, you know, we would want to become a, a state of Israel. And, and we would want to move towards this because... Other than that, I don't see a way Palestine secures a, a, a life where they're free to live because uh, they're getting pressure from both sides. Israel's on one side. They're not letting them out to, to explore the world economy or anything like that. And then they're infiltrated by Hamas, which tends to go out and poke a bear and then run and hide amongst the people and wait for the strikes to come in. In Palestine, you got to get out ahead of that. You got to outsmart that. So that's honestly that's what I would go about doing. I would go shopping around for um, for uh, leadership. I would mix some Israeli nationals in to that leadership, or as or at least on an advisory level, find out what you can do with that. Move towards that and flush Hamas out. Got to get rid of that. You got to get rid of a terrorist organization being in charge. Uh, yes, you guys are in a plight. You guys are in an open-air prison. Your life is crap. But it still not does that, not excuse the it's, behavior. It's not that way without cause. You can't let people uh, fester in your community, go across the border, and kill innocent women and children and expect to be looked at by the rest of the world with compassion. Though I did see a funny meme. <laughs> oh boy. Is it too soon to do funny memes on this? Oh, it's not too soon, but it points out the left, the, the anti-fascist left. And it was a cartoon that, it was a cartoon built off of, uh, off of uh, how, if a handsome guy goes up and talks to a woman, she's happy. But if an ugly guy does, she gets mad. But it's got the Palestinians, put a Palestinian flag over the guy's face. And it says, I want to, um, you know, commit atrocities against this one religion. And she's like, oh, baby. And it says modern left or, or progressive American, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> And then it has a, uh, a 1930s German flag on the head of the fat guy. And he says the same thing. And she's, you know, calling for the police. So that is a odd juxtaposition amongst the left. Um, look. 
Israel went into, uh, I think they just got done celebrating Sukkot. Sukkot. If I uh, say anything wrong, please forgive me. I am a moron. Uh, Sukkot. I think it's a harvest festival, which would uh, make a, make sense. Yeah, Sukkot. As Israel were wrapping up the seven-day-long Jewish festival of Sukkot on Saturday, it's a harvest festival, which is you know the right time for it. We're about to have Halloween and Thanksgiving, which are both uh, harvest festivals. Uh, Canada has their harvest festival a month earlier than us, you know, humming humming. So uh, anyway, you know, they're they're just going about their day, you know, having whatever. Um, Whatever celebrations they have, whether it's fireworks or great big dinners or parties or dancing or sitting around visiting with family, whatever their celebration is, they were just going about that. And Hamas uh, fired 2,500 rockets. We'll go with Hamas numbers, 5,000 rockets. And Israel, um, you know, and then invaded on foot into Israel, and Israel is now responding, and then we're going to hear the modern left, which I guess apparently it's already been going on in New York, you know, arguments or whatever, and they're going to say it's justified to kill uh, innocent women and children over this, and that's... Yeah, that's that's the line I draw. If you are fighting the Israelis and and you're actually having a war and you're killing each other and you're doing it like soldiers, that's one thing. But when you just capture young women and old people and massacre them just to make a point, you've crossed a different line with my perspective. Yeah, when you go from soldier to brigand, mm-hmm. you know... That's, you know, and granted, I guess Hamas is saying, well, we can't take on the IDF, but we can take on, you know, Joe that lives on whatever street. I know, but in Israel, it's time for you to start arming your populace, populace, you know, you already have mandatory military service. Just when they're done, Mm -hmm. they take that rifle home. If you don't have a Second Amendment for the yeah. Israeli citizens, I would say the Israeli government is is somewhat uh, negligible. Uh, I would argue, yes, but, you know, I don't know. I mean... How negligible are we for giving them uh, $6 billion of them, as in the Iranians, uh, to, to fund this attack? Uh, the question on the Iran deal, I think that was another one like Obama's where... It was kind of adjudicated through a world court. I don't know if we had all that much of a choice. Well, these I would, are... I would have to dig. I don't know enough about it. If anyone else knows more about it, let me know. These are the consequences of such actions. I do believe that this has something to do with it. That kind of funding can purchase 5,000 rockets, I think. So... Uh, you want to do one other news item that's pretty popular here in Utah? What's that? 
So you, you remember that movie about the individual freeing the children sex slaves? Oh, uh, Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom. And yeah. the individual who uh, starred or, or was portrayed as Tim Ballard, the, the character who built this organization, uh, yeah, O-U-R. What's his name? John... John Kess? Well, not so much the actor, but, but the oh, Tim person Ballard himself? that the actor was playing, Tim uh-huh. Ballard. Yeah. He has accusations against him that, that he was sending naughty texts to girls or he was uh, hooking up with uh, girls that wanted to join his agency during operations and otherwise maybe doing uh, sexual stuff with people. Okay. Um, I have no opinion, honestly. Um, I honest, no bullshit opinion. Um, I don't care. You you don't care nope. that he was doing these things, I, or you don't care that I don't care that he was doing them. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Uh, let me put it like this. Um. Lots of people we look up to do shady. Not that I look up to them or don't look up to them. Granted, I would argue that if he had a different message politically, this stuff wouldn't have been drug up and brought up. Mm -hmm. That is a point of fact. But honest opinion, I don't care. I don't care if he did it. I don't care because um, his message in a vacuum is a positive message. That message should be taken, whether it's voiced by him, whether it's voiced by um, insert other popular name, the message is positive. I don't care what his actions are. I'm not going to judge him. I'm not going to judge that message because if or if he didn't uh, cheat on his wife or send pictures of, you know, different uh, parts of his anatomy, I don't care. The message he says is good. Now, his message says that this stuff goes on all the time and certain people that are politically... Uh, unaligned with him say oh it's not or you're blowing it out of proportion either way I don't care the message is good Um, that's you know the message is that children should not be captured and sold into any kind of slavery be it uh, physical labor or um uh, sadly enough, uh, sexual. And I agree with him on that. I agree with everyone that supports him on that. Uh, I think it's because he gained popularity with one side of the political spectrum that the other side has decided that he is person non grata, which is asinine. It is asinine. It would be asinine to me. Um, let's find, let's think of someone who has a good message that the left has gone for, uh, Gandhi. Um, okay. 
Gandhi, the left, well, they don't love him much anymore because he was a peaceful activist. He really, he really uh, inspired Martin Luther King into Martin Luther King Jr. into what, how he operated his functions. Gandhi did peaceful protests and protests of strike and protests of strife. Um, starvation protests, things like that. He didn't let it go violent, and he did that for a particular reason because it gains sympathy even amongst the families of your enemy, right? But had Gandhi or Martin Luther King gone out there violently, you never gain any sympathy. You don't gain people to your side. You lose it. Nobody swings a big foam hand for them. Mm-hmm. Right. If you get the chance, read Gandhi's writings from when he was a Indian government employee in Africa, and then think long and hard whether that changes your thoughts on him. Because he was a brutal racist, brutal. I heard he did weird things with kids too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we won't talk about that on the show. But however, uh, not Martin... so much kids, young ladies, uh, one of whom was his daughter-in-law, and uh, he would go to bed with them at night in a, in a bed full of young ladies to tell his wife he had to test himself. He'd wake up the next morning and say, Honey, I'm still not spiritual enough. I failed. I'll try it again tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but Indira must not have been a lovely lady. No, imagine if Tim Ballard did that. Uh, either right? way. But his message is pure. His message is good. So let's separate the message from the man and, and do this across the spectrum. Is that a good message? Um, and we have a lot of examples where we do separate message and man. Uh, Martin Luther King, everyone loves Martin Luther King, but the guy would have sex orgies in churches. I don't know if he did any of that, but I do know that he cheated on his wife a lot. Um, you know, but we separate that from his message. We do. We do. Uh, and and uh, Bill Clinton, we separate... Nah, never mind. Let's not do that one. Um, but should we... I mean, now... There are times when you have to mix them. The FBI has a good message on the wall. And they breach that message all the time. Now I know the right wing nowadays, the FBI is not popular. By God, in the 60s they were. And right now, they are doing what they learned in the 60s to the right. I remember arguing with certain people in my family saying the FBI is doing exactly what you cheered on 30 years ago. They're just doing it to you now. So, yeah, it's a lot different when it's being done to you, right? Here's my outgoing message to everyone. Never try to assume a power that you would not want your opposition to have. Unless you can get rid of your opposition completely in concentration camps or FEMA camps. Something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, I yeah. Wouldn't want to see those come up either. But 
Uh, you know, we've seen it done. Harry Reid was threatened. Don't mess with the filibuster. And he did. And it worked. Against his party. Well, right right About now. four years later. Right now here in Utah, the, the whole Tim Ballard thing is, is huge on chat groups. And people are talking about, you know, uh, how horrible he is or how great he is one or the other there's a, there's fan camps in each direction but i think like jared said like the guy had a message and he did some pretty amazing things from my perspective and i don't think uh, I, I i agree with you jared i don't think his uh tendencies in his personal life with adult women that can decide whether or not they can turn off their their chat with tim ballard they can block your incoming text messages if they even wanted to these uh children that tim ballard was freeing from these horrendous crimes they had no opportunity to defend themselves here's another question were these chats relating to the investigation was he luring in um bad guys because we do know that the one lady that kind of ran the whole show was uh, Colombian Miss Columbia, nineteen ninety eight or whatever. Hmm. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume maybe Tim did do so, these things. But we can go and either even way. though we can go either way. But I mean, would it be surprising where he's politically nuclear against them for them to take uh, messages that he used to lure out the bad guys and try to turn it on? the other political side because right now we've begun we've flipped to the ridiculous side everything's political it doesn't matter what you're doing it's got to be centered in a political message we've got to go after it politically you know someone does something and they've got to go okay wait a second what's his political leanings first and that's just that's insane we've we've crossed the rubicon of of crazy we really have it's just it's 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 horseshit. Instead of us going, um, you know, what are they doing? Okay, and not caring about the political. Everything's gone political. All we care about is their political affiliation. Well, I don't. I don't know if I feel that way, but definitely the media does, and they love to. I, egg it feels it like the whole nation has. Yes, the media has gone that way ridiculously. Yep. So cool. there we are. I mean, there right. there's one of our greatest heroes here in Utah, and and I I just want to see him Utah? shine. I believe he is. He, well, he's, he's definitely of the religion of he's Utah. He's Mormon. Yeah, I yeah. know that. Or LDS. I'm, you're not supposed to say Mormon anymore. It's like derog- derogatory now or something. But anyways, mm. I don't. Know. Um, yeah, I don't know. His message is right. Regardless, even if the numbers cited are wrong, his message is still correct. You know, because here we go. Let me lay this out. I am not pro capital punishment. I'm not. Caveat is unless you're touching kids or you're selling other humans into servitude sexual or otherwise i'm fine with if you're willing to make a profit off the despair of another human i'm okay with capital punishment i want it to be quicker though 
I wanted to be like, I want to find the lady who killed Chikatilo, Chikatilo and have her run it because he was put on trial. If you ever get the chance, watch his trial. It's a crazy person. Study Chikatilo. He is a, a, a vast study if, in traumatic psychology or traumatic psychopathy. Anyways, and then after the trial, I think he spent two days in jail. He was marched out behind the prison, no fanfare, no audience. And they had a woman prison guard do this. And he was shot behind the left ear. Just out the back door. Walked him out the back door. Didn't tell him this is where we're going. They had a woman do it because he was a, he was a serial killer in Russia. And this was after the Soviet Union. This was just a Russian woman. Not I was going to say, Soviet. yeah, that doesn't sound like something that usually happens around here. And, uh, and just right behind the ear. And I think, I think that's a hell of a deterrent for pedophiles. You know, I, I don't know. That sounds pretty quick and painless to me. I mean, sure. I, I would say that uh, forced servitude, breaking rocks and, and <laughs> sweating your balls off, doing labor to yeah, repay society. No, no, we, well, I'm not saying we do, but I'm saying it, we should. Yeah, I don't know. But it's just my opinion. But anyways, guys, um, if you're a praying person, pray for... Uh, Israel, pray for Palestine, pray for whatever. Pray for world peace, because we could use a little. Yeah. Um, and if you're not a praying person... Uh, Sacrifice a chicken. There's, there's atrocities on both sides. There are. But let's remember the initiation. I think it was 1929 was the first Muslim uprising. And once you learn about that, it changes your perspective on everything. 